I've had a lot of clients reach out to me over the last year with chronic employee issues, whether it was can't find the right people, I'm having issues managing people. There's all different kind of issues that they have. The first thing that I will say is if you are having chronic issues with employees, the first thing you need to fix usually is your hiring process. This is across the board a problem. It's often somewhere in the hiring process and in the onboarding process. Those two areas are the big ones here. So today we're going to walk through some strategies to help you with all of this. I like to start, first of all, with the hiring process and the fact that, number one, I do believe in the theory of hire fast, fire faster. If somebody is not working out, you don't want to give them years to not work out. I see people often do that. In your onboarding process, you need to have a very clearly defined set of rules of engagement, expectations that you expect from them and that they should expect from the company. We'll talk about that a little bit more, but you can make your life so much easier if you do this one thing up front. And that number one thing right up front is hire more A players. You want the best, you want the superstars. And some people think you can't afford them, but I'm gonna make a case for it here today. One of the reasons you wanna hire more A players is A players need less management. They don't need micromanaging because they actually act like adults and self-manage themselves better. The second reason that A players are so good is that one A player can often do the work of four, five, maybe even six C and D players. They can do so much more because they're better. They can do it faster. It doesn't make them better people or anything like that. They can just do more because they have a higher skill set. People always tell me, they're like, Mike, you must be some sort of machine when it comes to content because of the way you crank this stuff out. No, it's just, I don't think I'm special. I don't even think my content is all that good. I just think I have a knack for creating enough of it that is good enough and I can do it faster than the average person. The average person just never gets it done. And that's what makes me better than a lot of other people that do it. If you are looking to bring on employees, having somebody that can barely meet the standards is not going to cut it. So sometimes you also need to raise your standards. The A players are the ones that can do so much more with so much less. You may be paying an A player a lot more than a C or D player, but you're paying one of them versus four or five of the others. So we'll get into that in a minute. So how do you attract A players? That's number one. In order to attract them, I think a lot of A players really want you to focus on the intangibles. It's things like working from home, generous vacation, employee appreciation. I've got one client that I've talked about here quite a bit that does a lot of gifts for their employees. Sometimes they do it on a monthly basis, sometimes quarterly basis, just depends. Like they'll do smaller things monthly and then the bigger things quarterly. Those are things that just say, hey, I appreciate you doesn't have to be crazy. You could order a thing of Omaha steaks for somebody who likes Omaha steaks. That could be something that is their quarterly gift. It could be a one-time thing. It could be a monthly thing that they're getting. The other part of that is with the intangibles, looking at that individual person. For some people, they don't care about vacation. They just want more money. So pay me more. I'll figure out when I'm going to go on vacation or what I buy. Some people don't like Omaha steaks. And so they don't want any of that. They just want more money. So it needs to be individualized on how you get those intangible benefits to make sure that person is getting what they want to feel appreciated. So just talk to them. 
Did you know we have our own government contracting community? It's called Federal Access. And inside Federal Access, you have all the tools, tips, strategies, documents, templates, everything you're ever going to need to be a government contractor. But you also get brought into our ecosystem. You get into our private LinkedIn group and you get into our live events and all that kind of thing when you become a member of Federal Access. To learn more, go to federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Now let's get back into this episode. One of the things around the generous vacation, a lot of people struggle with is, oh, well, they're going to take advantage of it. There's been studies done where you give people generous vacation options and they usually take about the exact same amount as if you had set them at, hey, you're only going to get one week or two week or whatever it is. They take about the same amount. They just take it when they want it. And that's one of the big differences. And again, they self-manage so that they are working extra because they know they want to go on this vacation or this four-day weekend or whatever. They'll work extra that week to get that done in order to not abuse the vacation because they want to do the work. They just want their downtime when they want their downtime. And so maybe they'll work in the evenings. Maybe they'll go on a vacation and they'll work at night and do the fun things during the day or vice versa, right? Giving intangible benefits like that is a really big thing to attract people. Another thing is to constantly recruit them at conferences from social media, word of mouth, things like that. When you're out and about, when you're interacting with the community, constantly be looking for people that you see as rock stars, people that you're like, man, I really wish we could steal Mike from this company because that would make such a huge difference. So constantly be looking at them. That's one way to attract them. I've already talked a little bit about the pay. The pay may be 25, 30% more than other people that are in that industry. They may likely be the highest paid staff either in that section. So maybe if you've got program managers, maybe they're one of the highest paid program managers, but they are worth it. Now they need to prove it, but they are worth it. The other thing is I recommend building relationships, even if somebody isn't ready to move on. A players aren't typically looking to job hop. Some will, but the majority of A players want to stay with the company, want to keep doing the job they're doing, but eventually they may get tired of it or they may want to pay raise or they may want to move locations or there may be some restriction on them that they don't like about that job or maybe they just get bored with it after five years. When you identify an A player, start building a relationship with them because you never know how long it's going to take. It may take two, three, four, five years. There's a person right now, there's actually a couple of people that I've been recruiting lightly for the last year and a half who aren't ready to leave their job. And I know at some point over the next five years, they are going to be ready. I've been slowly, you know, at a conference here, at a phone call there, social media here, that sort of thing, hinting and saying, hey, when you're ready, let me know. Just building that relationship with them. There's all kinds of touch points between now and when they decide to leave that I can use to build the relationship. And it's not just for their benefit, but also for mine to make sure, hey, they're following through on the things that we're talking about. They are the person I think they are. So sometimes time is really to your advantage to just take your time, build a relationship, learn about who they are, what's important to them, so that when the time comes for them to move over and work for you, you know exactly what you're getting. Those are some ways to attract A players. So what does an A player typically look like? Let's walk through a few things. Number one, it depends on the position you're hiring. Some are going to be introverts. Some are going to be extroverts, depending on that position. But all of them should be easy to get along with. You need somebody that's easy to get along with. That's one. They should be professional. They should follow up. 
follow through on anything. So if they tell you, hey, I'm going to send you my resume. Hey, I'm going to send you an email about whatever. Hey, I'm going to make a referral. They should do it. If they don't, you have to remind them and then remind them again, that sort of thing. Maybe they aren't the A player you thought they were. They should typically have some level of being detail oriented. Now, again, depending on their personality profile and the type of job they do, they may not be extreme detail oriented, but A players, regardless of their personality profile, tend to be able to spot the major details about something and not be vague about the answers they give you. You want somebody that has an attention to detail because that's going to be very important regardless of whether they're in sales, whether they're in IT, doesn't matter. That's very, very important. The other thing that I find that's really key to an A player is that they are problem solvers. They may come to you with a problem, but they always have a solution like, hey, Mike, I've got this issue and there's two options that I think we could use to fix this. Instead of just coming to you and saying, hey, I've got this problem. What are your thoughts? Now, sometimes they may want some feedback and that's good. They, they may want to say, hey, I, I don't want to tell you what I'm thinking. I want to get your thoughts you know, on this, but they are problem solvers and problem solvers are the opposite of problem ignorers or causers, right? There are people that they know there's problems, but they're never trying to solve them. I don't expect every A player to have the answer or know exactly what I want, but I expect them to bring problems to me as early as possible so we can identify them and overcome them. So they're problem solvers. And then one of the final things for me when I'm looking at an A player is they don't have a lot of work baggage or problems. Everybody's got issues in their life, whether it's personal, business, whatever. Everybody's got issues, but these are the people that even though they have issues, they tend to focus on the positive. Hey, yes, I did have challenges in my other job, but I found ways to overcome them. And that's somebody I'm looking for. I don't want somebody that's constantly dragging their baggage from the other business that has a string of really bad relationships with their former employers. We don't want anything. That doesn't scream A player. Let's talk a little bit about your onboarding process here. One of the things you need to fix to keep A players and to weed out other folks, I already hinted this earlier, you need to set clear expectations in the first 90 days. Hey, you're expected to prove you're an A player. That's number one. You need to set clear expectations for the company. Here's what the company will do. Here's how we will do it and then do it. One of the biggest complaints that I see from companies is they'll onboard somebody and say, let's just get you onboarded and in the company. And in the first 90 days, we'll figure out your commission plan. We'll figure out exactly who you're going to report to. We'll figure out all this. That is crap. That is 100% crap. And it never happens. It never happens in companies. The employees three months, six months in, and things are still fuzzy. If you are bringing somebody on board, you need to be crystal clear as a company how you're going to compensate them, what their role is, who their client segment that they're targeting is. You need to be very clear. You need to have your act together, not just expect them to have their act together. Because I guarantee you in the first 30 days, they're going, where's my commission plan? Where's my whatever? Come 60 days, 90 days, and you don't have it. They're going to get sour on your company. So you've got to get your act together as a company. The next thing is, if you've already got other A players in the company, guess what they should do? They should mentor the new A players during their 90-day trial and compensate them for that. Compensate them for helping onboard other A players because it's all about the team. It's all about the team working together. You can use them as mentors to help bring those other people on board, show them the ropes, and again, everybody wins. Now, the other thing about your 90-day process, have very clear standards so that at the end of the 90 days, 
you're cutting C players and below. You are. You're not keeping them. In fact, as you're going through the process of that 90 days, have a 30-day meeting, a 60-day meeting, and a 90-day meeting. You're not really an employee until you've graduated that 90 days. But at 30 days, if you're like, look, you're just not cutting it. You're just not. That's a time for you to sit down give them an opportunity to go, well, I'm not clear on the expectations or whatever it may be. They can have an opportunity to do that, but don't even wait till the 60 day meeting. If you're like, look, we sat down with your expectations and you're late every day. You're not showing up on time. You're not producing the things on time. This is not working. Cut them. Don't wait the 90 days to cut the people that are showing you that they're not who they said they were in the interview. Be very diligent about this, okay? Now, here's another thing, and I'll wrap up with this. I call this thinning the herd a little bit. If you already have employee issues and high-maintenance employees, it could be time for a soft or a hard reboot of your employees. Start by setting clear expectations with the team. If you haven't done this before and you've got a bunch of folks, set clear expectations. What is our culture? This is our rules of the game. You need a very clear culture statement or statements of what the rules of the game are. What are our policies? And this is often part of an employee handbook, which a lot of people don't have. How will you enforce the rules of the game? That's your policies. This is a statement that a lot of people aren't necessarily going to like, but this is the facts. You are running a business, not a daycare. You're running a business, not a daycare. So when you're small, you must have employees that can self-manage. If they cannot self-manage, they cannot be on your team. They just can't. As you grow, you need leaders that can not only self-manage, but also manage the team of people who are mostly self-managing, right? You need that as you go. But especially when you're small, you don't have time to run a daycare. So don't do it. Cut any toxic employees. I don't care if they are a rock star. I don't care if they've been dedicated and they show up all the time. If you've got employees who suck the life out of other employees, if you've got employees who talk bad about other employees, if you've got employees that the other employees are constantly complaining about, and it's true, like, hey, Susan never comes in on time. She leaves early. She doesn't pull her weight. She's constantly creating drama, but you know, she's been here a long time. Susan's got to go. That's just the way it is. Susan's probably got to go. You can give her some corrective measures, set clear expectations. Hey, here's the culture. Here's a policy. This is how we're going to do business moving forward. But if she can't adapt to that over the next 30, 60 days, Susan's got to go. And if she's a real big problem, you may not wait. Everybody's been complaining about her. She harasses other employees. She's not a good example. Probably got to go. It's just the way it has to be because toxic employees ruin other employees. They bring everybody down. You cannot keep those people around. A friend of mine did this example one day where he had this fish bowl and he put some water in it. And he said, what if I took the most deadly poison in the world and put one drop in the bowl? Would you drink the bowl? No, you wouldn't drink the bowl because the whole thing has been tainted. And that's what happens when you have one one bad employee, they slowly taint the whole pool of employees. And so you've got to be quick to get rid of those really toxic employees. Now, there's one thing I, I think you should know the labor laws in your state, you know, as far as documentation goes and all that kind of stuff. I think Montana is the only state that's not an at-will employee state. So if you're not in Montana, you don't need good cause. You can mostly just fire people for whatever reason. But a lot of people like to have documentation just in case of, hey, you know, a person's been late 17 times over the last six months and this, that, and the other, whatever it is. They've, they've had run-ins with everybody. So you may want to document document three or four incidents. That's at your discretion to figure that out. You should know those laws. I'll wrap up with this. If you hire better, you will not have to run a daycare. 
You will not. You will not have employee issues if you hire better, you hire higher quality employees, you have an ongoing process for how you recruit and hire those people and manage them. And look, at the end of the day, as long as you are trying diligently to take care of your employees and do the right thing, they will see it and want to be part of your organization. If you have questions about this or anything else, as always, you know how to reach me. We'll see you next episode. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast and screenshot it and tag me on LinkedIn or whatever social media you use. So thank you again for joining us today and we'll see you next time.